So the biggest news story that's not being talked about nearly enough right now is the Supreme Court's 8-1 ruling that could result in, in employers, employees being held liable for lost profits that occur as a result of surprise strikes. I'm John Cooper from Counterpoint Politics here with Desmond Price, host of the Independent Thought Podcast, and Dr. Erica, host of Cocktails and Capitalism. And we'll be discussing the potential devastating impact this could have on your rights as a worker here on the left wing. The Supreme Court made a dangerous 8-1 ruling in the Glacier Northwest versus International Brotherhood of Teamsters case. I'm apologizing in advance that this intro will be longer than the ones we normally do, but the details of this story are extremely important and not widely known, so I want to set the record straight here. Here's what happened. The Teamsters were attempting to negotiate a new contract with Glacier, a, a cement mixing and distribution company, but Glacier refused to negotiate. Glacier went so far as to not even give them the information they were legally obligated to give. So the Teamsters called a surprise strike in the middle of the workday. Workers stopped what they're doing and they left. However, some workers were driving cement trucks with wet cement loaded into them. So they drove the trucks back to Glacier, kept the drum spinning so the cement wouldn't harden and damage the trucks, and notified management of the situation. Glacier, however, had no contingency plan in place in the event of a strike, so they had to eat the cost of the cement that had already been loaded into the trucks. This action scared Glacier enough to get them to the negotiating table where the Teamsters won a record-setting wages and numerous other benefits. Then, several months later, Glacier sued the Teamsters for the losses they ate from the cement that could no longer be sold. The pivotal question of this case is whether or not Glacier had the right to sue the state court, right to sue in state court. The Teamsters issued a motion to dismiss the case under the grounds that it could be preempted by the National Labor, Re National Labor Relations Board, uh, mm -hmm. the NLBR, due to the precedent set by the landmark case of San Diego Building Trades Council versus Garmin from 1959. Uh, that basically said that this is the NLBR's domain with labor disputes. It shouldn't be litigated in state court. Um the Supreme Court determined that despite keeping the drums running and alerting management, that the Teamsters did not take reasonable precautions against damages because they chose to load the cement and create a perishable product before striking. The lone dissenting judge in the case was Kentenje, I'm hoping Kentenje Brown Jackson. I always stumble over her name. It'll take a couple more years. Mm. Um Pivotally, this ruling does not mean that the Teamsters were liable. It simply holds that Glacier can avoid the NLBR and sue in state court, where the case will now go back to. The scariest part of this is Alito's concurring opinion, which basically dares the Teamsters to do just that, as he clearly intends to overturn Garmin and essentially destroy the power of the NLBR sending labor's power back, power to strike back to the 50s when a single rogue state judge could hold striking unions liable for the lost profits in the case of a strike, which obviously completely goes against what a strike is all about. Thomas and Gersuch also co-signed Alito's opinion, so if they're able to swing just two more, court, two more of the court's conservative judges to their side, this could be the most devastating blow to labor that we have ever seen, conveniently at a time when labor movements are growing stronger than ever. So, Desmond, Erica, what are your thoughts on this situation? Yeah, we um, we need to do something about this damn Supreme Court. Yeah, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Uh. No, you know, I, I've heard, you know, multiple times now about just um, the partisan nature of the Supreme Court. And it's something I was mentioning to both of y'all just a little bit earlier that I think more devastating than the partisan nature of the Supreme Court is the Supreme Court's just desire to constantly be on the side of capital. Mm -hmm. And 
we we are in a we're in a situation where we haven't had to think about the Supreme Court for a long time because the decisions that have been coming down from them haven't really been as much of a game changer as as you would think you know in, in other parts of our society when we think about like you know the executive branch legislative branch you know I mean obviously Citizens United was a long time ago but haven't really been a whole lot of monumental decisions by the court but recently it just feels though more and more that we need to be finding some other way to. Well, honestly, I think we just need to be restructuring the Supreme Court. That, that, that's where my mind goes first. You know, secondly, it goes to the fact that criminalizing protest, criminalizing going on strike in the fashion that we are looking at by making a decision like this, if this decision were to come down like this, you're almost dissolving the whole purpose of a union. I mean, what tool does a union have left if people can't go on strike without fear of being held liable for the damages that they would accrue? while they were going on strike. I mean, John, John, what do you think this would actually mean to unions? I mean, it, it's exactly, it would destroy them. Like, like, like even just this specific case, now the, the basically the unions are now under pressure, this union specifically, to not, not go to court so that the Supreme Court cannot hear this case. Because yeah. if they do, they could destroy every union in the country. And it it, it is that serious. This is, you know, we you kind of mentioned that we hadn't had many significant supreme court cases up until very recent history i mean this is bigger than the Roe case and like it doesn't get the headlines because it's not as big of a hot button issue as abortion but this could completely all of the progress that we're making in this country with organizing labor and and we're seeing strikes and we're seeing the writers guild go on strike and we're seeing that the screen actors guild and the directors guild might be joining them all of this could go up and you know go up and smoke because suddenly if one judge determines that oh the union is liable for the profits you lost due to their strike it will destroy any ability to strike and actually negotiate on a fair and on anything close to resembling a fair and level playing field erica what are your thoughts i mean it reminds me a little bit of a story that i'm going to be diving into about um the state targeting bail funds um it's it's just like a a way to like defang unions by targeting their their funding basically um and it's no surprise that the supreme court like like desmond said is on the side of capital when so many of the judges were appointed by trump which is this is obviously going to happen. You know, these 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 folks that were appointed to the Supreme Court were going to be on the side of Capitol all along. And we knew this. Um, it makes me want to rip some my hair out because of, uh, I don't know, just thinking back on folks being like voting doesn't work. Voting doesn't work. And then we get someone who gets to appoint all of these Supreme Court judges, <laughs> you know, like justices. It's just uh yeah, I don't know. It's it's devastating. It's very scary, um, given that the labor movement is growing so much momentum, as you say, John, and we need to be like ensuring that, that they, their power is is safe and that, you know, it's not being whittled away by the powers that be, which is what these corporate appointed Supreme Court justices are going to do and other other um other courts are going to do as well. So, um, yeah, I'm really glad that you decided to highlight the story because it's really fucking important and didn't know enough about it. I knew that they were maybe going to target some of the like lost 
the, uh, of uh, striking um, unions for lost profits, but hearing this is really, really chilling and really disturbing. We need to stop it. I, I completely agree. And I think one of the reasons that you know we're seeing a growing labor movement in this country is because, at least in my opinion, it's something I grew up thinking unions are a leftist thing and mm -hmm. the, the conservatives don't like them. But mm -hmm. that's not really true ideologically. Ideologically, yeah. unions are free market economics. It mm -hmm. is people coming together to negotiate a free market deal for the price of their labor. And the things that the Supreme Court are doing here, like allowing companies to sue unions for their lost profits, potentially, gets rid of that fair negotiating power. And it, it gets rid of that free market, you know, level of exchange where, you know, supply meets demand and prices hit a level because you have one side with way more negotiating power, because even if the other side decides to organize and strike and do the one thing they can to, to, to enact leverage, they won't be able to anymore. If this go, if this case, you know, goes back through and up to the Supreme Court and they, they strike down, uh, you know, the previous precedent. So like, this really is a call not just to the people who in our audience who are you know left wing people, but people who are on the right and conservatives. Like if you care about free market economics, this should be pissing you off because it is a complete, <laughs> it just utter slap in the face of just fair negotiating. Desmond, I know you know you were mentioning that the Supreme Court is the core of this issue here. Completely agree, but how do you fix it? That's a great question. I mean, I don't know how mechanically you start the fixing of the process, but, you know, the thing that comes to my mind is that these are unelected people. And, and that's part of the problem because, you know, you know, Eric was mentioning like if voting doesn't work, it's like, well, we couldn't even vote for these people. Yeah. <laughs> they just got, yeah, they were just yeah. given to us, you know, and, and now we're stuck with them for life. I, I, and also when they make a decision, you know, I'll have to go back to my high school government days here, but I'm not sure what exactly if there is a check on any decision that they make, like once they make a final decision on a case. And so, I mean, other than maybe well, I mean, Congress coming together and passing a law, which, you know, good luck getting through a filibuster, you know, Senate at this point. Um, it's. We should have some kind of system in place where we can elect Supreme Court judges, I mean, some people would say like, oh, that would too, that would make the judges too polarized, which I think is a terrible argument because we elect Supreme Court judges at the state level. We elect, you know, judges at the local level. So the idea that you can't elect judges, I think is a totally bogus idea. We can definitely elect judges. We do it all the time. And I'm also wanted to pivot back to talking about the implement, the, I guess the implementations. Wow. I couldn't speak there for a second. <laughs> 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 what will end up happening to workers in this country if this does go forward? You know, I mean, I think about what that looks like on the ground level. Basically, you're saying to workers now that you need permission from your job in order to leave your job or else, therefore, you will be liable for any damages that your job takes when you leave. Is that not like a slave and master kind of a scenario. Oh, it's God. Like, oh, God. I, I mean, I, seriously, it's like, oh, it's, I, like, it's like, the Rick please, and Morty slavery with extra steps. Like, please, oh, please, <laughs> boss, can, can I please leave right now with your permission? Because if I don't have your permission, you can come back and sue me later. But what, what are we saying here? Is that really the society we're trying to create for ourselves? Like, oh, my God. this should not be even up for debate. And it's being up for debate 
in a body that we have no control over. And oh, that is terrifying that we even have a system in place where that could be a reality, but it's not that it could be a reality. It is our reality. Yeah, I, I I completely agree with you there, except for the, the I don't even accept for, I don't know. I guess, I guess I kind of agree with the elected Supreme Court judges. And because if you think about right now, they are still elected. Like if you're worried about, oh, them being political, they are still elected. They're elected by the representatives that we elect. And whenever you consolidate power in smaller groups of people, it makes corruption easier, um, as we can see with what's going on with Justice Thomas right now, um, where it's apparently very easy to just take Supreme Court justices on million dollar vacations and gift them tons, tons of money. And there's no and our Congress is just not even doing anything about it because they're kind of all complicit in this. And so, yeah, maybe electing them is the right move as long as in my opinion i think the bigger thing is the lifetime sentences which makes no sense because even any check on that there is no check on that power as you said like there's no way to check that power that isn't treason um and so what are you going to do the reason for the lifetime sentences is so they don't end up like campaigning with their votes but you can eliminate that by just having one term one 10 year term or whatever, you know, um, it's it's kind of crazy. And if you look back all the way to the Constitution, if you're being a real true, like, you know, f- founding fathers intent conservative yeah, originalist, they never intended for the Supreme Court to have this power. The Supreme Court gave themselves the power to declare things constitutional or not. Um, and it, it seems to me that Congress can take that power away if they want to, um, but they choose not to. Um, so I, but they choose not to, should really go on the gravestone of the democratic party, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. We'll be clipping that for later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I think without a doubt, we we definitely can, you know, and, and to a degree, we, we kind of already do choose to, to pick them, you know, by picking the president. Yeah. I mean, to a degree, but that's a little slippery slope way of thinking. Cause you know, like we used to, we used to pick uh, nominees for the president that way, right? Because like the parties would pick the nominees and then they would head to the general election, did away with that in the late 60s to allow these primaries to take place, which I think we all agree is the better way of figuring out who should be representing each party, Democrat and Republican. So I I, I just see the system as being very archaic. The idea of the lifetime appointment is archaic and it's having devastating consequences in so many different ways. And until we find a way to restructure the system, put some kind of pressure on the system, they have no incentive not to continuously like levy decisions like this. Because as you're mentioning with Clarence Thomas, you know, if billionaires can come in and lobby these people, what's to stop them from continuously getting what they want and they never feel any pressure because they never have to leave that job they're appointed for life and so you know these billionaires have a one-way line to get what they want from these people and the rest of us have to live with the consequences that's not how the system's supposed to be set up there's supposed to be co-equal branches of government yet this branch has just as much power if not more and nowhere near the weaknesses so as far as i'm concerned it's a very unequal branch of government you know, Desmond, I was going to let the conversation die there. And then just what you said just made me think, you know, uh, Tom Morello, like recently tweeted, like he was like, if you sit down on a table, uh, if nine people sit down on a table with one Nazi, then there's 10 Nazis. The Supreme <laughs> Court justices are the same way, like all of them. The, the, this is out in the open about Clarence Thomas, open corruption. Not a single one of them has stood up and said, you should step down. 
not a single one yeah. of them. Yeah. And if you want to, you know, I, I don't have a crystal ball, but if you want to want to speculate a guess as to why, it's because they're all corrupted. <laughs> There's no other because if I'm a Supreme Court justice, I want to boost my, you know, my power in the court, my ability to sway public opinion. It's in my best interest and the interest of the nation to call out a obviously corrupt Supreme Court justice, but none Unless. of them have done it. <laughs> Unless <laughs> there's something else that is motivating me. Yeah.